Uh, there's value to listening to people, to drawing out, asking questions about life and about you know things that are motivating them, whatever it may be. Well, listening tells somebody that you see them. That's right. And it's you, you've said this many times, Chad, to listen is to love. And, and the command is love God, love people. And so listening, asking questions, he invites them on a journey, he spends time with them. And, and then he does a lot of come and see, Hey, where are you going? Hey, come and see, uh, invitations. So he sees people, he asks questions. He, he loves them by listening. He gets to know them by spending time with them. And then he invites them. Hey, come on the journey, come and see. Welcome to the Loving God, Loving People podcast, where we talk about what it looks like to follow Jesus in our everyday lives and how, in the end, all that matters is God and people. Here's today's episode. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Today, we are continuing as we've been going through Mark and the life of Jesus and Mark's account is really he's writing down everything that Peter's telling him. Uh, Today, we're talking about the calling of the disciples. And I love Mark's account because he takes what, if you look at like Matthew, Luke, and John, uh, what takes place over a couple days, Mark compresses it into like two sentences. Mark's like a sports writer for the newspaper. Mm -hmm. Like, the Dallas Cowboys lost. Final score. Dak Prescott, yeah, he could have been better. And that's it. Yep. He, he just kind of goes bam, bam, bam. Yeah. And that's what, that's what you get in the book of Mark. So one of the things is I was studying Mark in, in preparation for this series. It's and, like and I threw Dak Prescott under the bus there. So, hey, Dak, sorry, if you're listening, man, that, Dak, we, we love you. you. Yeah, you're great. Okay. Yeah. We, we all – it's all the game, but we love you. And also, Dak, if you could if you could like, subscribe, share this with your friends <laughs> on social media, if this podcast is helpful, that'd be great. Okay. Let's talk about the book of Mark, the gospel of Jesus, according to Mark, the calling of the first disciples. Sorry, Robert, I went somewhere else. Yep. And then somehow Peter's involved in all that too. So it's the well, gospel likely, of Jesus. Yep. Yeah. Most likely Mark is Peter's secretary and he's writing these things down. All right. So uh, this, this isn't where we went with the the message, but I, I do want to talk about this because I find this fascinating. So you have Peter and you have Mark who are friends. Uh, both of them have some some things in common. So Peter, uh, he failed miserably when it came time to, you know, back up Jesus. And he's like, you know, we'll fight to the death. And then this girl's like, hey, weren't you with Jesus when he's on trial? And he's like, no, I, I have no idea who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, a junior high girl yeah. talks Peter out of that real quick. Yeah. So he denies Jesus three times. Uh, but then Jesus, the way he restores Peter. It's beautiful where he, he says, Hey, do you love me? You know, and it's after the, after the resurrection and, uh, and he restores Peter into ministry and is like, Hey, just keep doing what I called you to do. Uh, then you have John Mark who's on this missionary journey with Barnabas and with Paul and he chickens out and he goes, you know what? I, this is getting a little tough. I'm going to go back home. And he abandons them on the mission field. And eventually he ends up getting restored. Barnabas kind of goes to bat for him and all that's in the book of Acts. Yeah. So there's so given a lot of kind of just Bible background here, but I love that the two of them are friends and I love that the story is the same. And I think it's I think it's a testament for all of us if ever you felt like maybe I'm disqualified. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe I've done something that I, I yeah, can't do ministry or I can't, you know, whatever happened in my life. So now I'm, I need to just kind of take a back seat. Uh, that's not how God sees you. And that's not the redemptive story of the Bible or those that encounter Jesus. Uh, you're about to say something. Well, I, I just want to say that I'm really grateful that God's not into cancel culture. Yeah. Because reality is all the patriarchs, mm-hmm. right? All the men and women in the Bible um, have failures. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's not anybody um, I mean, we don't read anything bad about Jesus's mom, right? Mm-hmm. She was a sinner because um, she uh, she's 
natural born like the rest of us. Uh, so I guess Jesus didn't want anything written bad about his mom. <laughs> <laughs> but just about everybody else, yeah. uh, you you got you got all the gory details. We were talking about this earlier too. It's a testament to the authenticity of the Bible that that those who were actually recording it are like, yeah. Yeah, I messed up. Oh, yeah. yeah well, I failed. Well, if I'm writing down my story, mm-hmm. right, I don't want to put in there that I denied Jesus three times mm-hmm. or or said stupid things constantly. And Jesus <laughs> looked at me and went, are you still so dull? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, but all through the Bible, I mean, so, you know, Moses was going to wimp out, mm-hmm. uh, disobeyed God on several occasions. Uh, David, it is an adulterer, right? Moses was a murderer. Um, you got you got stuff all the way through the scripture. Yeah, mm-hmm. to your point, it's because it's real, mm-hmm. and and people are messed up, and we all need Jesus. Yeah, and and there could have been filters put on all that, but I love that as the Holy Spirit guided people to write. It's like, no, keep that in there. That's yeah. that's going to be helpful for future generations to know that. Yeah, it's it's okay that you're not perfect, and there is one who is. Well, I was just trying to think: is there anybody besides Mary that we don't know the? The, the not so great stuff. And then I was thinking John the Baptist. And then I was like, no, wait a minute. John the Baptist really doubted, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, he and had Jesus that moment. Was, Jesus was like, don't worry, it's mm-hmm. legit. So yeah, I mean, the majority of folks written about in the Bible, you get the you get the negative stuff. Yeah, unless it was a really short account of somebody. <laughs> There's yeah. just a couple of verses and it's like, all right, they sounded pretty good. Uh, but not all the details were given. Uh, all right, so one of the things that, that stood out to me as I was looking at Mark and looking at Jesus calling the, the disciples at the end of Jesus's ministry, so you have the resurrection, he's about to ascend into heaven, everything that he's been training these disciples, and disciples is a word we don't really use. It's think think like student, apprentice, uh, disciple. At the end of this discipleship journey, now Jesus is saying, hey, by the way, it's going to continue. I'm going to send a helper. I'm going to keep walking alongside you, uh, but go and make other disciples. And and so our race of, you know, the Bible uses that analogy of a race. It's it's a relay race that, that we're to take our faith that, that we've experienced, that we've seen the fruit of, and we're to pass it on to others. And, and so I started thinking, okay, how did Jesus call his disciples? If we're to, to help people become disciples, what did Jesus do? Because he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus is brilliant. And, and you see some things in, in the accounts, in the gospel accounts of how Jesus calls his disciples. And one of the things that stood out to me is it says over and over again that Jesus saw them. Uh, so John the Baptist says, hey, you got to follow this guy. He's the Lamb of God, takes away the sin of the world. So these guys start following him. It says Jesus turned around and he saw them. Uh, he saw Peter. He saw Nathaniel sitting under a, a fig tree. And again and again, you see that phrase that he saw them. Um, and it just stood out to me that that we follow, we serve God who sees us. Um, which is different than some people's view of God. Yeah, uh, they they don't think that really God sees them. God really knows them. God really understands. Um, there's even a, this moment in the Old Testament where uh, you have Hannah and she's in the wilderness and she's like, "I'm going to die. My baby's going to die." Uh, um, not Hannah. Uh, oh man. It'll come to me. Anyhow, uh, and she says, hey, God sees me. And she gives him the name, the God who... Hagar. Hagar, thank you, who sees me. Um, Give and me a second. I was I was rolling. I know, yeah. I was, I was like, Hannah. Okay. No, that's not right. That's Hagar. Hagar. Um, and Hagar gives God that name, the God who sees me. So all throughout the Old Testament, all throughout the New Testament, God sees us. Chad, uh, what is the significance of that for an individual listening going, okay, maybe God's this idea or this concept or this spirit somewhere out there, but that God actually sees us as individuals. Yeah. So one of the, one of the things that I've been trying to hammer home uh, in recent days, uh, 
is that God is highly relational, mm-hmm. right? I mean, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the baptism of Jesus. I mean, that's the revealing that God is Trinity and the essence of who and what he is. He mm-hmm. is relational. Mm-hmm. And so God seeing us is a relational thing. Yeah. Uh, in Psalm 139, it says that God thinks about us more than there are grains of sand. Mm-hmm. Well, how many grains of sand are there, yeah. right? If you go to the beach and just scoop up a you know, shovel full, mm-hmm. there's millions and millions. Uh, God is not like us. He's infinite in every way. And so if you take what the scriptures say, that means you are infinitely on his mind. Yeah. Uh, because the number of grains of sand on this planet are in the realm of infinite, right? Um, God's highly relational. Uh, I, I would say for somebody who's questioning or thinking that um, you're not an accident, mm-hmm. uh, there are accidental parents, <laughs> but the Bible says there's no accidental children. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter how you came to be or what your story is, uh, God himself knit you together in your mother's womb. That's in Psalm 139. And he knows who you are and you're on his mind. Uh, and he and he loves you. Mm-hmm. I mean, God is hyper-relational. Mm-hmm. And I think we tend to have religious thoughts, not relational thoughts. Mm-hmm. And in that, we miss the truth of what the Bible's actually saying. So yeah, Jesus sees them and the truth is he's seen them for all eternity before they were ever born. Mm-hmm. Uh, God made flesh, knew who Peter was, knew who Andrew was, mm-hmm. um, knew the story, right, before it ever came to be. And so I always wonder, and I, I, I love that you notice that detail, mm-hmm. right? Mark, who's not detail-oriented, mm-hmm. obviously chose to write he saw them because that's, that's an important detail. Um, I wonder when he saw them what he thought. Yeah. Because he is human and he's also divine and you you wonder what's going on in the mind of the God man, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, did he did he see them and go, Oh, here it is, right? Here's yep. the moment. Uh did he see them in the sense of all of their life up to that moment? Mm-hmm. Because he can do that, mm-hmm. right? He saw their birth, he sees them as a toddler, now yep. he sees them fishing. Um, does he see Peter in his future? Yeah. Does he see Peter in that moment deny him three times? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe. Does he see Peter being hung on a cross for his faith in Jesus and declaring it? Does he see upside all of down? That? Yeah. yeah. Church tradition is Peter um, was crucified and didn't believe himself worthy to die the way that Jesus did, and so they hung him mm-hmm. upside down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, here's what it, here's what I do know. Jesus saw them. He saw them differently than they saw themselves. And then others saw them. If if you look at the resume of the disciples that Jesus called, if you if if you and I were to, you know, sit in an office and we were to whiteboard out like, okay, what kind of structure do we want? What kind of gifting and leadership and all of that? uh, We wouldn't go, hey, let's start with a bunch of fishermen in rural Galilee. Uh, let's let's start let let that be the first kind of initial one and let's get this tax collector and let's get this zealot over here and let let's put them all together but Jesus saw them and he saw them differently than than society saw them. He saw them differently uh, than than I believe they saw themselves. He saw deeper than labels. He saw deeper than what's on the surface because if we said rural fishermen that probably wouldn't be the label that we would go with, right? Yeah. It, if we're building our, our dream team of apprentices that are going to carry on whatever vision. Uh, but Jesus saw them, and he saw them deeper than they saw themselves. Uh, there's this beautiful 
realization too, because uh, in in culture and society, we have a tendency to kind of put labels on people, right? And and go, wow, that person's amazing because they're the, you know, CEO or wow, this person is a star athlete and that's incredible. And then there's other people that you go, man, it's really tough life or, you know, they're, you know, maybe not that wealthy or whatever. And you, you kind of go, okay, they're, they're maybe like this. I'm intimidated by this person over here. Um, and then you get to know people and, and you get to know the star athlete or you get to know the, the CEO, you get to know, uh, or you get to know the person who's maybe just had a really rough run at life. And as you really get to know people, not just on the surface and the labels, but you actually get to know who they are and, and what makes them tick and kind of what drives them. And you realize they're all people. It's always disappointing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. But I mean, the, the old statement is, you know, you never want to meet your heroes. Yeah. Right. And I can tell you as somebody who's met their heroes, mm-hmm. that's true. Yeah. You know, I, um, it's going to sound like I'm going off track here, but no, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm going to bring it back. Yep. I was talking to a friend yesterday and one of the things, one of the truths of life that has been sinking in with me recently Mm -hmm. is, and let me get it all the way out, how deeply insignificant I am, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And let me me get it all out because I'm not insecure. I I don't have self-esteem issues. Mm -hmm. Uh, I probably do, but not in this context. Um, How deeply insignificant we all are because, um, okay, so I'll use myself. I'll just be the guinea pig in what I'm going to say here. So, you know, you and I, Robert, get to get to pastor this wonderful church. There's lots of people and all of that. So somebody might go, oh, no, you know, Robert, you're a big deal. Chad, you're a big deal or whatever. But here, here's the truth. Uh, one of these days I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. And about as fast as I can pull my hand out of a bucket of water, mm-hmm. right? What happens to that water? It, it didn't change. It mm-hmm. just kind of went around me for a little bit, and then it goes right back to where it was. And then somebody else is going to put their hand in. And, you know, mm-hmm. the, the the cemetery, everybody's like, what are you talking about? Here, here's what I mean. Everybody's replaceable. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cemetery is full of people that were, quote, irreplaceable, mm-hmm. and they've been replaced. And here we are. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, the, hopefully um, – Whatever God does in my life, um, I'm going to die, and then the music's going to go on, right? And mm-hmm. somebody else will come and play, and and all of that. But but me, as far as a person, I'm I, I, I'm deeply, you know, I'm insignificant. I'm, my life's a vapor. I'm going to be here and gone. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Book of Ecclesiastes says the best I could do, right, is to honor God and love my family well. Yeah, uh, and and be faithful with whatever God has given mm-hmm. me, and enjoy the work of my hands, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time. And all of my deep insignificance mm-hmm. when it comes to the world at large uh, and history and all those things. And will I be remembered and all that? Um, I'm highly valued and loved. Yeah. And God thinks about me more than there are grains of sand. Yep. And I'm very special to him. And so, you know, one day I'll be done at Sun Valley and everybody will remember me for about three weeks. And then whoever's leading then is going to be the leader and you know, I'll have an identity crisis, but <laughs> the truth is, well, there's, I'm deeply insignificant and yet highly valued. Yes. And, and I think there's really healthy, um, there's, there's so really much healthy fruit that. there yeah. when, when we understand the tension of those two things, yeah. uh, because we're all trying to prove ourselves and mm-hmm. all of that. Mm-hmm. I'll just help you from a worldly perspective. You're never going to prove yourself. Mm-hmm. You're just not, mm-hmm. there's not going to be enough achievement or enough success or enough money or whatever that you're like, I've arrived. Mm-hmm. And, and that feeling's just going to stay there. Um, so we want to find our significance, not in the worldly side of it, because we're all deeply insignificant. 
But yeah, two hundred f- years from now, nobody's going to be going back and looking at your Instagram. I'm sorry, but it, you know, or, there's, or listening to this podcast, we're listening to or, the podcast. Yeah, there's there's a lot of things that that we think. Oh, it's a and it, it's a big deal in the moment, and I don't want to downplay that. But yeah, in the grand scheme of life, not really. <laughs> and so, it, it's but there's a healthy perspective to that. So, so you find your value and your identity and your significance, and the, yeah. and the one who loves you and will forever. So, um, I kind of went off there, and, and yeah, no, and came I think. Back. But but you think about Peter, and you think about resume and all that, because mm-hmm. God doesn't give a flying flip about that stuff. Yeah. Um, it's the touch of the master's hand that makes a masterpiece out of somebody, yep. and that's what he does with the disciples. Yeah. Um, if you, from a Catholic background, a fisherman is the first pope. Mm-hmm. Right in, mm-hmm. in your mind and in your tradition, uh, if you're like Sun Valley, you're from a Protestant background. I mean, the church began with this guy's sermon, mm-hmm. and he was a fisherman. Yeah, right. So, and, and to your point, it wasn't because there was all of these great qualities that he had. You know, yeah, no, God used Peter in such a way, and to your point, the the impact of Jesus in Peter's life forever transformed his life, and. It, it changed the trajectory of his life. He says, hey, you've been fishing for fish. Now I want you to fish for men. Now I want you to be a part of what I'm doing in the grand scheme of eternity, which then makes his life incredibly significant. And here we are 2,000 years later talking about him and picking apart, you know, all the things that he said. And wow, why did he say that? And that doesn't uh, – it, it's because of what Jesus did in, in his life. And yeah. Well, well, here's what I love about Peter in this tension. Right. So Peter's an old man. Mm-hmm. He's telling Mark what went down. Mm-hmm. Mark's writing it down. Uh, Mark's full of dumb stuff Peter did, mm-hmm. the book of Mark, which means that Peter got to a place in his life mm-hmm. where it's not about Peter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Man, that's such a great place to be. Yeah. It's just the healthy reality of your insignificance in the scheme of things and yet mm-hmm. the hand of God on your life. That is such a beautiful place to be. All the all the labels we want to build up for ourselves or that we want to put other people under, at, at the end of the day, everybody's human. And, and at the depth of who we are, there's a desire to be seen. There's a desire to be known. And there's a desire to be valued and loved, to your point. And, and that's true of everybody, no matter what their status, title, label, whatever is. And what I love about Jesus, what I love about God and, and how he interacts with us in the relational side is he sees each individual and he values each individual values the price somebody's willing to pay for something and he's given his his one and only son for you and for me he values you incredibly and he loves you more than anybody can ever will ever love you he loves you that's a beautiful reality and every single person on this planet is better off knowing that there's a god who loves them and if we can be a part of helping just like peter hey I'm going to use my life now to fish for men. I'm going to use my life to, to help make disciples. I'm going to be a part of what God is doing. Um, the world's a better place. And yet on the inside of us, right? Maybe I'll be valuable if I get this many Instagram followers. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll be valuable if my net worth gets to here. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll be valuable if my kid turns out this way instead of this way. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll be valuable if I get that raise or that job or that whatever. And And we're all playing marbles, right, with these diamonds that God's given us. Mm-hmm. Uh, God doesn't want us to do things to get value. He wants us to do things out of the value that That's we right. already have in him. That's right. And and the more we can learn that, the healthier that is. Uh, I love I love that you saw the saw them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's so good, Robert. Um, and he does see us and he sees you and he, mm-hmm. he loves us. Here's, which is mind-blowing. Here's so 
I started by talking about, so Jesus gives this command to the disciples, hey, go and make disciples. And they've passed this baton. And now here we are. And and if you're here listening and you're, you're a follower of Jesus, you're holding that baton to to pass. Um, just a couple things that, that I noticed that, that Jesus does, because I think we should learn from his example, because we way overcomplicate. How do we make disciples? And, you know, what material do we need to teach them? And what's, you know, do we create a class? How do, how do we do this? Um, here, here's, what, here's what Jesus does. I'm going to rattle them off quickly. First, he sees people. Um, he sees past the labels. He, he sees people. Um, and then he, he asks questions. Jesus asks way more questions than he gives answers. He's drawing them in. He's asking them questions, uh, beginning with like, hey, what are you doing? Like, they're, they're, they're following Jesus. And he's like, what, what's going on? Like, what do you want? And, uh, and he's asking these questions. But he, he often leads with questions. And when people ask him questions, he asks questions. Uh, there's value to listening to people, to drawing out, asking questions about life and about, you know, things that are motivating them, whatever it may be. Well, listening tells somebody that you see them. That's right. And it's, you, you've said this many times, Chad, to listen is to love. And, and the command is love God, love people. And so listening, asking questions, he invites them on a journey, he spends time with them. And, and then he does a lot of come and see, Hey, where are you going? Hey, come and see, uh, invitations. So he sees people, he asks questions. He, he loves them by listening. He gets to know them by spending time with them. And then he invites them. Hey, come on the journey, come and see, uh, could it be that this God that I've been following loves you, sees you, and, and you can experience that love. Uh, maybe come to church. Maybe come check out. You know, lots of different opportunities to invite people to things. Uh, that's what Jesus did with the disciples. And then he says, now you go make disciples. And I think there's something too, following that example that Jesus set for us. Well, one of the things that I love about your ministry, and for those of you who don't know, uh, Robert oversees all of our next-gen ministry at Sun Valley. So all campuses uh, kids and students, mm-hmm. Robert leads the charge on that, is when an adult in, a, in an appropriate, really healthy way sees a teenager mm-hmm. and speaks life into them, mm-hmm. that is life-changing. Yeah, uh, You and I are both sitting right here mm-hmm. doing this podcast right now somebody because, saw us. because some adult, mm-hmm. uh, when we were junior hires and high schoolers, saw us. Mm-hmm. And invested in us. And, and maybe saw something in us that we didn't know. Was, and maybe they didn't even know what it was, but well, they, I, they, they valued us. They went through the list you just went to. Mm-hmm. They saw us. They listened to us mm-hmm. and all our stupidity, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they invited us to go on the on the journey with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as a result, you and I are sitting here. Yeah. Um, if, if you and I will invest our lives in what matters most, I think to your, to your point, if we will see people, mm-hmm. right, the way that God sees them, and mm-hmm. that's one of the... Things I was talking about in the realm of temptation, but it's actually in every area of life. If we yeah. could see what God sees, we would always do what God says. And one of the prayers maybe we could pray is help us, God, to see people the way that you see them. Mm-hmm. But some of us, man, we could take a step to um, invest ourselves in the lives of kids and teenagers. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's just a relational investment. Yep. Man, it would change everything for that kid. Yeah, our, our vision for kids this year is that every kid would be known. And, and the way that happens is, to your point, adults, uh, older, you know, we have students that serve with kids and, and all of that, um, seeing kids and, and getting to know them, asking them questions. It, it really is simple, but at the same time, very profound and very beautiful and powerful. Um, and so, yeah, sending a bunch of kids to camp, looking for leaders that, that love kids, love students. We'll, we'll see them, get to know them. And, uh, and we're going to continue the ministry of Jesus in our kids and student ministries. Yeah, he saw them. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Loving God, Loving People podcast. 
Make sure you subscribe to our podcast wherever you are listening so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this conversation, we'd love it if you rated the podcast and left us a review. Also, sharing this with a friend is a great way to help more people meet, know, and follow Jesus. And lastly, you are always welcome to join us online for one of our services every week at live.sv.cc or go to locations.sv.cc to join us in person at one of our physical locations. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.